Well, I'd like to add my welcome to you to King's today, and it's a special day in the Christian calendar. Uh, one of my favourites, uh, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the Christian faith is built around this weekend, this Easter weekend, where on Good Friday we remember that Jesus died for our sins and then proved himself to be God uh, from the resurrection from the dead. And in my own story, the resurrection of Jesus is right at the central of my own faith story. And so you, if you come to Kings regularly, you will know that, that it was looking at the person Jesus and coming to a place of realizing it was it's probably easier to believe that it was raised from the dead than he wasn't that had a big impact on my life. And so I'm just going to speak for about 20 minutes today. I'm going to ask you to stay with me and we're going to start by reading the scripture and we're going to finish our series in Luke and we're going to look at Luke's account of that resurrection morning. So let's uh, turn to our Bibles. Uh, it's going to come up on the screen uh, for you and we will uh, read from Luke 24 and verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. They're angels. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and then on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, uh, Joanna, uh, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. We're living in days which just a few weeks ago we would have found very difficult to imagine. I was reflecting on that this week when I was looking at a few pictures and I stumbled across this picture. This is a picture that was taken on the 18th of February. It's a picture of my father and myself, my eldest son and his first, uh, firstborn son, Isaac. So it's four generations of Tibet men. And looking at it now, it seems like, uh, well, it seems like a different era, doesn't it? The past, though it's so uh, recent, has faded quickly and we're all experiencing a new reality, a reality of, uh, of uncertainty, a reality of um, great uh, times of turbulence and concern for health and economic and, and, and employment concerns. 
my father uh, regularly tells stories in our household of his experience of growing up in London. And he grew up, he, he was born in 1936, so he grew up j just in his early years through the Blitz. And we hear all the stories about shrapnel and doodlebugs and uh, they kind of become like folklore in the Tibet household. But probably since that time, since the Second World War, our nation and possibly even the world hasn't faced a crisis like this. We've been fortunate, my generation, most of us, to grow up in a period of peace and prosperity. We have maybe taken our health for granted and those that work in the health service and care for us. And we've got used to the fact that you know, our life expectancy has increased and, and therefore the issue of death has been pushed very often to the horizon. And, you know, that, that common grace, we're very grateful for that. But this virus has raised the question of life and death again. And at the same time, we've, we, you know, globally speaking, but just generationally speaking, we're, we're, we're very wealthy compared to 30, 50, 70 years ago. And so we've got used to accumulation of wealth and the, the so-called security that, that that gives you. And then in the space of days, we found ourselves in a context where things that we used to take for granted are now, now gone. And, and understandably, we're worried about life. And we, even in the church here at King's, we've had uh, numbers now of people that have family members that have died from the virus. And we know of people that have been furloughed or uh, who are self-employed and not sure where the, the next job's coming from. And so huge upheaval like we've never experienced to this point. And it, it, it should raise questions about the purpose of life, the meaning of life. Um, for me, my... My story, my journey of faith was I was brought up in a Christian family and, uh, uh, but I didn't think Christianity or the person of Jesus was relevant to me at all. Uh, until actually a friend of mine got killed on a motorbike accident. I mean, the true story is that I'd gone out with his sister and I got to know him through that, but I did know him and he, he one afternoon went out on his motorbike and we think lost it on a corner in the lanes outside Bedford, my hometown, and, and, and died tragically. And I remember being at his funeral and sitting on the back row of the service. It was packed. He was just a young guy. And uh, saying to God, I'll, I'll give you a chance because I knew what Christians believed about life and death and eternity but I think Jesus was relevant. And then suddenly it zoomed into focus for me that it's not guaranteed that you live forever. And in fact, you can go before time, which is what happened to this young man. And, uh, and I think at this time, we're aware of our mortality maybe more than ever. And so what I did was, after this funeral, is I really investigated Christianity. And I want to suggest to you that maybe you should do that. If you're just watching in, you've just started joining our online service, you don't normally come to church. I want to say, what an opportunity, what a moment in history to consider the claims of the person Jesus. I did that. 
I investigated it. I did want to, really in some detail, I did want to give my life up to a lie. I looked at the claims of Christianity for six to nine months, and in the end, I really focused in on the resurrection. And I felt if, if Jesus really was raised from the dead, then, uh, well, that's a message worth considering. And that's what I did. And I discovered that there's actually lots of evidence for it. Very often what people do is just like, they deny it, dismiss it. But actually, if you look for yourself, you'll find there's a lot of evidence. There's evidence like uh, the fulfillment of prophetic promise. The fact that Jesus fulfilled over 300 uh, Old Testament promises that were written by different people over many different centuries. For example, one where it prophesied where he'd be born. That's very difficult to organise post your, um, uh, your birth. Or just the fact of the testimony of the op- uh, empty tomb, as we've seen in Luke's gospel here, the, the women turned up and the tomb was empty. That's the testimony of, of, of Luke and is the testimony of the scriptures. And some people ask, well, you know, how can we sure that the tomb was empty? Look, I, I tell you, if the Jewish leaders of the day wanted to quench this new religion, this new faith, the best way of doing that would be simply to bring the body out. And that would have been the end of the Christian faith. Um, the scriptures record that he appeared to many different people on different occasions, once to over 500. So the record of his appearances and then... Of course, the one that really grabbed my attention was the changed lives of the disciples who went from men that were running for their lives and then uh, they found themselves uh, transformed to proclaim this gospel. Uh, What happened between the time of Jesus' death and them scattered that then just a few weeks, days later, they are proclaiming many giving them their own lives for this message. What happened? And then, of course, there's the the testimony of the church. The fact that this message continues to expand more and more people daily. Literally thousands of people come to faith every day. They experience this gospel for themselves. It isn't just a theoretical thing. It's not just truth, but it is also full of experience. Uh, Michael Green, who's an Anglican writer, he's with the Lord now, he expressed it this way. I found it really helpful. He says, the church, beginning with a handful of uneducated fishermen and tax gatherers, swept across the whole known world in the next 300 years. It is a perfectly amazing story of peaceful revolution that has no parallel in the history of the world. It came about because Christians were able to say to inquirers, Jesus did not only die for you, he is alive and you can meet him and discover him for yourself, the reality of the one they're talking about. And they did. And they joined the church. And the church, born from that Easter grave, spread everywhere. It was a Sunday morning. The women had got up early to go and visit the tomb and lay spices. Uh, Jesus had been crucified on Friday uh, because of Jewish custom. Uh, The Sabbath is on the Saturday, so the women wouldn't go to the tomb on the Saturday. So they went early on Sunday morning. 
Jesus raised on the third day, died on Friday, Sabbath, uh, Jewish Sabbath on Saturday, raised on Sunday, the third day. They go to lay spices as was custom, but also with purpose because the, the smell of death, the decay of a body was real. And so they would lay spices. They, they turn up at uh, the tomb and to their surprise, the stone is rolled away and angels appear to them and they bow down. They're really shocked. This is not what they're expecting. And then the angels speak to them and say, look, don't you remember what Jesus said about himself? This is one of the great claims of the Christian faith is that the, if you look at the person Jesus, he, he said some remarkable things about who he was. And one of them was that he actually prophesied or foretold his own death and resurrection. That is some claim to follow through on. And he says, I don't remember the son of man will be handed over and, and will be crucified and, and risen. And so the first people to experience the gospel were these women. And they were the first proclaimers, the first declarers of this gospel as well, because they went back to the disciples, the apostles, uh, the band of men that uh, Jesus had pulled together. And they they tell them, they say, look, we, 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 he's not there. And they're a little confused. And to be honest, they're not very good listeners. They, they, they kind of are not sure. And uh, you know, culturally speaking, if you were planning to start a global movement, uh, because of the way in that particular culture, in that particular era, um, men had a voice and authority, women didn't. And so if you were trying to start a global movement, you'd start it by really, you, really men should be the first people to hear. But no, such a radical faith. Uh, the first people to proclaim the gospel are women. Uh, most of the disciples are unsure, but Peter runs. He runs to the tomb. And Luke records, just right at the end of the verses we read earlier, that he left wondering what had gone on. I don't know where you are on your journey of faith. I suspect most of us uh, watching today are believers. We have followed Jesus. Uh, but I also know there are a number of you that are just looking in and I want to ask you, I want to pose you a question today. Where are you on your journey of faith? And, and maybe you could relate to Peter's journey. Um, because are you like Peter in Luke 22? Peter in Luke 22 is the one that denies Jesus. He says, I don't even know him. That was where I was when I was a young man. I, I was aware of him, but I, I wasn't following him. Um, and so maybe some of you are there and you're thinking, I don't know if this is true. Maybe I'm intrigued. Maybe I want to find out more. But at the moment, you're not following Jesus. If you're honest with yourself and if I can put it to you. Uh, some of you might be like Jesus in Luke, uh, sorry, Peter in Luke 24, where you are wondering about the faith. Maybe in the past you've encountered Jesus. Maybe you've followed Jesus in the past, but for whatever reason, you've drifted away. And now you're wondering whether it's, it's true. Or you have some doubt about your faith. Or you have experienced the risen Lord Jesus, but you've drifted. And then some of us, maybe most of us, I don't know, but we're more like Peter in Acts 2. We are proclaimers. We declare 
and testify that Jesus is the Son of God that was crucified and risen and we've experienced it. And we want you all to know that this good news is available for you. So I don't know where you are, but if I can just speak to each of you where you are on your your journey. If you're in the kind of, if you're in the Luke 22 camp, you're, 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 you're not sure if it's true. If you were asked a direct question, are you a Christian? You would say no, you're not really sure it's relevant. Then can I ask you in this moment in history to consider the person Jesus? And we're going to run some online alpha courses. They're going to be starting in a week or so time. All the information will be made available to you at the end of the service. Uh, and uh, I'd like to invite you to come on a journey. What have you got to lose? And think of all that you could gain if what I'm telling you is true. And so if you're in that, if you're Luke 22, Peter, then I want to invite you. Keep joining us online on Sundays, but also why don't you step in and we're going to do Zoom groups and talk about the claims of Jesus. The Alpha Course is an opportunity for you to ask any question you have. Uh, And uh, normally it's a great way of connecting with people. Maybe you're a, a, a Luke 24, Peter. You're wondering, you're doubting. You once have met the, the risen Lord Jesus, but you've drifted. Today, I want to say to you, why don't you recommit your life to Christ? This is not a moment to be drifting. This is a moment to be connected and know God's help. And maybe even for some of you, it's your moment to become a Christian today. And in a while, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and put your trust in Jesus, to turn from your own ways. Uh, The Bible word is repent, but it means to say, I'm not going to walk my way. I'm going to walk your way, God, Uh, to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, crucified and risen. And then to receive forgiveness of your sins and the, the wonderful gift of eternal life and hope and the presence of the Holy Spirit with you, whatever life throws at you. And then some of us are, well, we're, we're, we're Acts 2 Peters. We are those that want to proclaim Jesus, declare him. So I don't know if you're in the group that are denying Jesus, you're in the doubting group, or you're in the declaring group. Um, well, if you're in the declaring group, this is a time to be open about your faith. Because people are asking questions like they've never asked before. And we have a message of good news and hope. So can I ask you, wherever you are on your journey, to respond to God now? The way we're going to do that is we're going to sing a song. It's a song we sing regular at Kings. It's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. We're going to sing it together. The band are going to lead. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to lead us in a prayer response. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to, I'm going to find out more about this Jesus. Or say yes to recommitting your life to Christ or becoming a Christian. And then I'll pray for all of us that we'll be uh, proclaimers, declarers of this um, great good news. So uh, let, let's, let's worship together. Let's respond together. Let's sing. Let's uh, now respond to God. And I want to encourage you, uh, wherever you are, to really be open to God meeting with you right now. And the response today, I'm going to give you kind of three things you could potentially respond to. First, there'll be a number of you that are going to just say, I'm going to consider the claims of Christianity. Maybe you're going to sign up for our Alpha course. There's another group of you that want to give you an opportunity. You've 
you're a Christian, but you haven't been following Jesus and you're going to recommit your life to Christ. And then also I want to give an opportunity for any here that uh, want to become a Christian today. You are going to reach out to him and you're going to turn from your own ways and put your trust in the um, crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray as I'm praying. Maybe you will in your heart say, yeah, I'll look into Christianity or I'll recommit my life or no, I want to follow Jesus and become a Christian. That will be your prayer. And then at the moment, once I've finished praying, I'm going to give you an opportunity for you to respond by raising your hand where you are and possibly and hopefully sending in a prayer request so we can just support you as you respond to God today. Let's pray together. Um, Father, uh, I come to you and Lord, you know where I am on my journey. You know the Peter that I can relate to. I can relate to the Luke 22 Peter or I can relate to the the Luke 24 Peter who's, who's wondering, or I can, I can really relate to the Acts 2 Peter who's proclaiming. And Lord, I want to pray for everyone, literally the thousands of people that are uh, just before you now and through this day. And I want to pray that wherever they are on a journey, that you'd speak to them right now. And you would call people to you that you would invite people to investigate Jesus. I pray for any here who know that they want to recommit their life to Christ. They do it right now in their hearts. I will follow you, Lord. And I pray for a number that this is their day. It's the, it's the day of salvation, that they would turn from their sins. Lord, we turn from our ways. We put our trust in you, crucified and risen. Come into our lives that we may follow you. Holy Spirit, touch their lives. Let them know what it is to be forgiven and to be known by God. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look, just as we're just before God, maybe you want to close your eyes where you are. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to investigate Christianity. I'm going to recommit my life to Christ. Or no, I want to become a Christian. I want to ask you to raise your hand right now. Just put it up in your front room because... You know, you're doing business with God here, not with me. And so just raise your hand. I responded to God today. God will see that. It's like putting an action on your prayer and faith. It might be, yeah, okay, I'll I'll check this Jesus out. Or it might be, no, I'm going to recommit my life. Or no, I want to give my life to Jesus. Whatever it is, raise your hand now and just mark this moment. Thank you for doing that. And do hit the prayer request button. Do... um, let us know if we can help you uh, follow up if you responded today. But we're going to now continue to sing as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ.